Hey everyone, I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello. She's drinking water. <laughs> what happened? Did you hear that like in my throat? Oh, that was you? Oh, that was me. You oh. thought it was the dog. Yeah, because she's like ferociously drinking water. Thirsty. I'm thirsty. Nobody's drinking enough water. Are you drinking enough water? Not today, but normally absurd amounts. What do you drink? Like 120 ounces? During the day. Yeah. So I probably, I guess I drink more by the end of the day. I stop tracking after I get home from work. <laughs> When I am just like hanging around, I drink so much water. When I'm stressed, mm-hmm. I don't drink it. Me and Liz are like pretty good about it at work. We're like, are you behind on water? Are you hydrating? Like I, the second that I get to work, I put all of the water bottles that I pour into my water, like in this flower <laughs> pot next to me. <laughs> good, good, good. Anyway, hello everybody and welcome back to Roaring 20s podcast. Welcome back everyone. I think Happy we reminded you last week to drink water and obviously we need a second reminder. So here you go. Oh my God. So true. Here we go. Stay hydrated. That is what we talked about last week. I think too. I mean, it, you know, you can never drink too much water. I feel like I really love all those things that are like, she's doing this, she's doing this and she's drinking enough water and I'm like that really is a feat yeah oh 100 100 driving if you're drinking enough water if you're not doing anything else but you're drinking enough water like I think you're gold crushing it yeah absolutely unreal well today's gonna be my oh sorry did you have something to say no I just said unreal oh I was gonna say that today is gonna be my favorite episode ever I think so too tell them why Brenda because we're gonna talk about astrology which was actually something that was recommended and We've been posting a little bit more about like, what do you guys want to hear about? And obviously it's something Jalia wants to talk about anyway, Um, but it was cool to see that some people were interested in talking about it and seeing how it kind of pertains to things. So Julia is going to have her handy dandy little guide and talk about all the things she's passionate about. I personally will just be listening to what she says and I will explain to you guys how what she shares relates to me because I have no prior knowledge beyond that. Yeah, well... Okay, let's do Pride and Pickle, and then I'll talk about my astrology journey. Amazing. But it'll be fun. You're going to get to learn also like a little, I feel like, I feel like I've learned so much about myself through astrology. So I think it'll be fun to like, for the audience to learn about parts of us that maybe we haven't talked about on the show through some of our, our birth chart. Yeah, let's do it. Yay. Okay. But first it's time for Pride and Pickle. Heck yeah. Let's see. My pride. My pride this week is... Hmm. I feel like I'm navigating a lot of things coming my way pretty well without getting too stressed, which I feel like, like I shared with you guys a couple of weeks ago, I was feeling a lot of like social anxiety. And I feel like I now have like used aspects of my routine as opposed to letting them overwhelm me 
which they didn't always um, as a way to create more like freedom in other areas of my life. So like for this weekend, of course, I would have loved to see Chris, but he ended up having to work. So I just like filled my day with some other like soul filling things already so that I wouldn't be like sad or something about not seeing him. Uh, Obviously, I'll miss him anyway. But so I just feel like I'm planning more things and like being better about seeing friends and going to events and stuff without letting that mean that like I'm going to be too tired to function. Yeah, you could do it all. Yeah, so that's cool. And then my pickle is, I just like noticed this the other day, actually when you and I were talking to you about this Friday night and I realized I have a big, I don't know if it's a fear or what it is, but I have this fear, I guess, of people in my life because I want everyone to feel so valued that like if I say like, oh, I'm going to see my boyfriend, that for some reason that's a negative thing, like as if I'm making someone seem more important than the other. And I didn't realize that as much until you mentioned to me like that's that's fine and I'm like no like it is fine but I realize I truly feel like super bad about it either way mm-hmm. um honestly weirdly enough even more so to my friends because I feel like Chris is used to when I have plans or stuff like that like he's super understanding and supportive but for some reason this idea of being a friend that always chooses her boyfriend over her friends like makes me uncomfortable and I'm not sure why not that though I think that that's not like like, realizing what the fear of what you have a fear of becoming versus what your actual actions um are going to reflect even if you choose to like pick you know like if even if you know your plan is to hang out with him but someone else asks you to have a plan but you want to stick to your original plan like it's very different yeah for sure and I really do think like I think something that people actually compliment me on is my ability to have always through our entire relationship have balanced friendship and like super well very much I'm not sure why that's like something that comes up but yeah Yeah. that's my pick though I think do you think it's just because you see it in other people and it's like not uh something you want to emulate maybe I I think it's because I've been in a relationship for a while and like have navigated different phases of life with it. Whereas I feel like I remember when people in our lives like start dating someone, sometimes people say like, oh, well, they're always their boyfriend. And I feel like I've never wanted to be that person, even though I, I would love to always be with him. Yes. But I don't know. There's something like, there's like a negative connotation about that. I think it's because I want everyone in my life to know how much I love them, that the idea of people thinking like I'm constantly choosing someone else, even if it's my person over them, it, it makes me feel weird. Yeah. I also think naturally as you get older, you probably just do spend, end up spending more time with your partner. Um, but also like there is, you know, there is, uh, value and value balance and you I think you do a great job at that and I don't think you need to worry and I think you could even pick Chris more sometimes I agree I, he probably agrees too I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> but I get where you're coming from yeah what about you I'll start with my pickle my pickle is what I was telling Rona this before whereas I talked about my pride last week was feeling like um I was able to juggle all the things and be present and not be pre-stressed about them and I felt really great about that last week and this week it is the absolute opposite so I wanted to share that because if anyone um is feeling that way or when I said that last week feeling that way or like oh I was able to do that last week but not this week I'm in that boat with you um totally not not able to handle and navigate the stress like I did last week also, just speaking of astrology, it is we're ch- about to change 
sun signs and seasons. So like we're at the very end of cancer season right now. It's about to move into Leo season. We're recording this on Wednesday. Leo season starts this Thursday, the 22nd. So I always have a hard time at the end of like a a season because like a lot of times, especially with cancer, which is like very emotional, it's like a final push of like that. And like, so I feel like there's a lot of like clearing, sometimes a lot of clearing out, which is actually a topic that I, I, I am interested to talk about. I'll make it my pride, even though it's not really a pride. Um, this kind of realization I had earlier today, actually, of that with in or because we've been talking about change so much, like in order for change to come a lot of times and in order for like room for new things to come into your life, you have to let go of old things or like clear out old things. And that could be literal or metaphorical. And um, I was very much feeling that today and yesterday of like this need to, and that is also something that is like a, is a phenomenon at the end of seasons of uh, zodiac seasons uh, a need to like clear out in order to allow new things in and I very much felt that in a very literal term of like literally needing to clean objects clean emails that I have yet to send like uh, things that I have yet bills I had yet to pay like a literal cleaning up um in order to allow space for new things to come in because when we have clutter in our life right like if you have so much clutter in your room like you don't really have room for new stuff you have to clean up the clutter and throw some of it out um in order to have new more stuff so it's just been um that was like a good realization for me and I think that the really big part of that that is why it feels like a pride is because sometimes the cleaning out is difficult Sometimes the cleaning out is stressful and emotional and annoying and, but realizing that like, that's okay. That like maybe for these few days, it's going to feel tense because you have a lot of things to check off the list or clean up or clean out or whatever. But that by doing that, by going through the little acute moment of whatever that maybe negative feeling is, it is then allowing for like beautiful, new, abundant space. Yeah, my mom says that all the time. She's like told me all growing up and for a while I thought it was just because I'm like disorganized to an extent when it comes to my spaces. Um, To be honest, they're just like my spaces, whether it's my closet or my room or stuff like that. I don't know if it's fair to like excuse and say that it's not at the top of my priority list because I feel like I have so many other priorities. Um, But something my mom's always consistently said to me is like to clear the energy. And this is before like I think talk about energy and like all the stuff we talk about now was like as cool yeah no your mom has like known all this shit forever right like she's Nadia knows and I've just been like what are you talking about <laughs> like this like I remember when we were kids too she would always talk to us about like the energy of certain people like don't get involved in their energy like I remember her talking to us about that as kids yeah and she would always say and I'd be like what are we, what do you mean or like it's not important or it's not that big of a deal but it's so true like as stupid as it's not even stupid but like how we used to talk about like one time weeks and weeks ago months ago if anything I was like I'm stressed I didn't clean out my closet and like and you're like oh I cleaned my whole closet but stuff like that really does feel like there like there's space for more um so but anyway what you said about like some sort of layer of overwhelm or discomfort like I've been thinking a lot more about 
temporary discomfort and what that means when it's for like a greater reward. Exactly. And I feel like it's something that in a lot of ways, like, I don't know if it's our society, if it's our generation, but I think every aspect of like self-care is beautiful and self-love is beautiful. But I think in some ways we've started to define that as like solely gentleness or solely comfort. When I think in some ways, a lot of the beauty in life comes through a little bit of like resistance and push through and discomfort too. Um, So I think for a while, I honestly struggled with the idea of like, but that's not freedom, but that's not self-love when it's like, who says like, who's what's on the other, what about what's on the other side of that discomfort, whether it is cleaning up your space, eliminating toxic people from your life, having hard conversations, setting boundaries, you know, whatever it might be like, there's, there is something beautiful on the other side. So I love that. Yeah, yeah, I just feel like this very big need. It's like you can no longer ignore these things, like both like the physical things that need to be cleaned and the to-do list things that need to get done and the emotional stuff that needs to be cleaned out. It's like, just I just have this like deep, deep need for clean cleaning it. And um, I think I used, I would, I used to like get upset that I would feel tense about it that I would feel stressed about it or like like oh, why am I feeling like so tense about these things like they're just kind of like they'll get done you yeah. know but now seeing that like that tension is like you said it's temporary and it is for a greater good like it will it will go I know in like by come Friday like everything will be cleaned and like it's gonna have and we also have a full moon on Friday just say and um there's going to be um, a lot of new, like a lot of space. It's just like, it's like, I just got to do the things on the to-do list. But instead of getting like upset about being stressed about it or upset that it feels tense, trying to remind myself that like, yes, this does feel tense. Like, yes, you have a lot of things that you need to do and clear out and make space for. And like most of the things that you've been ignoring and pushing down on your to-do list, they're finally here. It's their turn now. I'm like, you're not going to like doing it for the next couple days. But once it's done, there's going to be like all this new, beautiful, beautiful space. Yeah. Both literally and metaphorically. And have you felt that when it comes to your emotions too? You said something about emotions. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Like, just like, um, like paying attention to emotions that you just like, do you mean paying attention to emotions you haven't paid attention to? Not in this particular instance, but I think that could be the part for some people. I think I'm feeling quicker to being upset if things aren't, if the to-do list isn't getting done easily because cancer season because it is tense and I just want to get it done and like move forward but no there I don't think that there it's for me right now it's not any unprocessed emotions I think that that's what I did a lot of this past month and right now it's really just like the things on the to-do list that have been on the to-do list that I have been avoiding for a long time you know whatever it's like weeks days months maybe even um they have to now get checked off and like, it just feels like they're not easy ones to check off, which is why I keep using the word tense, but they need to get done and they will get done. And come Friday, it's all going to be done. Then we're going to have a new moon. And then I won't have to worry about the things anymore. You know, when it's like, I, I love that meme. It's like, I'll get back to your email when I get an email that I want to respond to less. Have you seen that, that one? That is what this whole to-do list is. It's like the emails that I have been like not wanting to respond to. Both liter- that is literal and that is also a representation of the other things as well. Yeah. You know? 
Totally. So yeah, it's just those things that you just like really don't want to do and you keep them on your list forever. And like eventually you've got to do them. Yeah. And it's tough, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. And it's going to feel so good when it's all in the past. Oh, heck yeah. Right? But yeah. So anyway, so I think the pride part was just the knowing that on the other side of it is is freedom. But now let's talk astro- more astrology. Let's do it. Guys, I love astrology. Tell us about your journey. How did you go from, we've had Marin Altman on the show, which is kind of, I think the one of the first times we like dove into astrology a little bit more deeply. I think when you were first starting to like have your interest a little further peaked. So tell everyone, like, how did it start for you? How did you get to where you are in this exact, not even an interview, just like super curious because I think you literally became like you became the moon overnight. So I think it's important for people to tell you, to know, I mean. Well, so yeah, so Marin first piqued my interest. I've always been interested in astrology, but I never thought that I it would be something that I could learn because it seemed really complicated because it is complicated. And I am in, in no way an astrologer, like in absolutely no way. I basically just regurgitate information um, and I've just started taking note of things, but I am in no way like, no way an astrologer like I cannot just like read someone's chart hell no but yeah so the thing that piqued my interest about Marin is that when we asked her like how one could like use astrology is that she referred to like astrology as like a mirror or a clock like a clock that's like telling the time and what you do within that time is up to you and it's just kind of like it's just telling you what's going on and you know you have choices within that and that really like made a lot of sense to me and I was like hmm, that like seems really interesting like how we could use something like that and it I you everyone knows this past year I've done a lot of like self-development work and it felt for some reason it just felt like the next right thing to kind of like look into for me in 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 wanting to have a like a greater sense of why I react certain ways to certain things why I think about certain things a certain way and so I found Chani Nicholas who is like the woman that I like listen to learn from like she's my astrology guru she has an incredible book called you were born for this that's what I have in my hand which I'm gonna read from and she has a app I think it's just called Chani and she's like this incredible astrologer she uses whole house signs for anyone that does know about astrology and she has like these like weekly readings based on for she has like one for the general and then one for your rising sign And I started listening to them really just mostly out of curiosity, out of like, oh, this is fun. Like maybe it'll give me a little insight into things. And then I start, because I started listening, I started noticing a lot of patterns in my life and a lot of just those kind of things that would like, hmm, no, patterns is the right word. And she always says too, like what astrology is, is really like, it it is just tracking patterns really. And like seeing how um, things seem to align. And so by being able to have that kind of like knowledge of, okay, this is how I usually react when like this kind of placement is going on with the planets or like Like, for example, like the example I was just talking about before, like it's the end of cancer season. And I know that for the end of cancer season, like there's a lot of like, it could be very emotional and it's a lot of clearing out. It's a water sign, like clearing, clearing. Um, And I normally like I would just, you know, when I'm having these like tense things coming up, I would be like, just like, you know, I would just take it and deal with it. But now being able to like 
see that knowing that it's cancer season and being like, oh, okay, like, yeah, this makes, this aligns. Like I'm having to clear out a lot of stuff right now. I'm having to finish out a chapter right now. And I know on Thursday that like, it's going to be a new season. It's going to be Leo season. So it kind of just makes it, it makes it feel like it, it feels like a map a little bit that it's like giving me an opportunity to like navigate things a little easier. And yeah. it kind of like justifies not to like say, oh, because it's like a, you know, a unfavorable planetary placement that it justifies like bad behavior or like whatever. But like, it kind of does make you feel like, oh, okay. Like I know what's going on in the sky. Like this makes sense as to why I'm feeling this way. And like tomorrow I'll feel better because this is going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why it's been so interesting um to me especially with like weekly because she does weekly readings so especially like having access to her her weekly readings and kind of being able to like look at the week ahead and be like okay I know what's going on in the sky I know how this may or may not come up and then sometime so I could like prepare myself a little bit more for the week and then sometimes I'll like hear her reading and because I listen to them on Sunday nights I was talking about my ritual last week um, and I'll hear the reading and I'll be like, hmm, I don't really understand how that is going to be at play. And then like the week will go on and I'll be like, oh, that was that. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's really interesting to hear you talk about all this stuff because one, you're obviously very passionate and connected to it. And just super quick, we have on Thursday, we have Michelle Bishop on the show and she is incredible. And in the episode that we recorded with her, she talked a lot about um, religion and her relationship to her faith and all of that. And it's just, I know it's different, obviously, but at the end of the day, everybody has something that, they, that guides them, if you yeah. will, um, or at least most people, I guess not everybody. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And it just, it just makes me think about how, how it's just like, no matter what it is that guides you, you, our listeners or us in general, um, it's so beautiful to have something greater to like, not just believe in, but to just to, to give you, like you said, like, I love that you use the word a map to kind of like guidance. Yeah, absolutely. Like for some people, it's something like a Bible for other people. It's astrology. For some people, it's Enneagram or human design, like things that help you understand things on a deeper level, even if it's not clear cut, but it gives you an opportunity to interpret something in a way that makes sense to you. And I just think it's so cool that we have access to so many different avenues and how cool that we can use different avenues to guide us. I lo- I'm so glad you made that point. And I, I completely agree. And I think for whatever it is for you, like someone might hear me talking about astrology and be like, that's so ridiculous, Julia. Like not, I no. And like, that's great. Like, that's not for you. Like, you know, it, it's gonna be, whatever it is for you is most likely different than someone else and you know we find communities in which it is the same thing but I think that it's like for whatever it is for you like no judgment like you do your thing and like I have my thing and I think exactly what you said like it's 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 just what resonates with you and for everybody it's going to be something a little different yeah and I think it's cool that we're able to like we'll dive into this in a little bit when Julia actually starts getting to getting into the book but the first time um, which was not very long ago that she started reading things to me. Again, I had no knowledge. I still basically have no knowledge of all this stuff with astrology, but I had, I was able to like listen and I was able to retain and it really caused me to think differently. It allowed me to just consider something different. And even though I don't personally open up a book of my own every single day, 
I don't have, like, I'm grateful for the moment and where she, like we had these levels of reflection because a lot did like make sense to me. Um, and it did cause me to think about things even for a moment in time that like I'd never considered before. So I think that's really cool. And then another thing for anyone that's either like right now, like, oh, I don't really have anything like that. Um, astrology might be a great place for you to turn to, to start or to look into, or at least just knowing that like, you don't have to, like in the same way that we say that people evolve over time. I think this is a great example that like, you don't have to have associated yourself with something for like your whole life in order to claim it or learn about it. And it's cool that you can like find just something different over time. Totally. Yeah. And like, I never really learned about astrology before. I always thought it was interesting, but I never really took the time to learn about it. And now it feels like, um, I just love having it. I just love having it as, as a little clock. Yeah. I really do. I like that metaphor of it being a clock because, you know, just cause something's going on in the sky doesn't mean like, Oh, I think that's where people get, you know, kind of funny with astrology. They're like, Oh, well, just cause like the moon is in, you know, cancer today. Like you think you're going to act a certain way. And it's like, no, not necessarily. Like it's not telling the future in any way, like uh, the, where the planets are not telling the future. It can, it just gives a little bit of insight into like, you know, certain themes or ideas or feelings that may arise in relation to whatever it is that you have going on in, in your personal life. And I have found that by tracking it, like for myself, that it has very often correlated in really unique ways. And again, like when I, cause so I'll about to open the book and we'll talk about birth chart. But when I was reading Brenda's, so much of her stuff makes sense. And then so much of it, and then some of it, it's like, hmm, I don't really know. I don't really know how that fits for you, but also, we just might not understand yet, mm. which is like been an interesting thing for me because there was like this part of my chart that I think I mentioned this on the show that I really didn't understand upon reading it, that like a very big part of my journey is about like establishing home. And that to me made like no sense. Cause like, yeah, I've always wanted to be a mom and I know I want a family and like blah, blah, blah. But like, the, the idea of like a rigid home has never really made sense to me because I've moved so many times and like it just I'm not sentimental when it comes to that um but it's starting to make sense to me in terms of like home within myself and what that means and how important that's going to be for the rest of my life mm -hmm. and it's something until a few weeks ago that I had no understanding of mm -hmm. um and I just think that that when, if you are interested in looking into astrology, whether it's a weekly reading or looking into your birth chart, like you may not understand how something's going to play out right away, but be keeping your eyes open to it, I think has been helpful to me and getting to see it play out. And then you get to be like, oh, okay. Like I didn't get that before. And like, now I see how that works and I see how that's playing a role here. And that's been like such a, an interesting part of it. Yeah. I love that. And I think it represents even what we talk about on the show about like purpose in general and events and um, how in some moments we don't understand the purpose behind something and down the line, we just might like we like very likely will. So I think it's just a very similar type of situation. Yeah. So um, I think we'll do uh, sun, moon and rising for me and Brenda just for fun. I'll read them from um, Chani Nicholas's book, You Were Born for This, New York Times bestseller, Astrology for Radical Self-Acceptance. It's an incredible book. I highly recommend 
I, again, and I am not an astrologer. I have no credentials in this. We're just having fun and reading from Chani's book and reflecting on what she has to say. She's the guru, not me. I hope she hears this and comes on the show. I would absolutely die. Mm, You would. I would absolutely die. And I highly recommend her book. I highly recommend her app. Um, there's a there's a bunch of incredible astrologers out there. She just happens to really resonate with me. And I think that is a big thing too, of like who you go to for your astrology, because people have, you know, there's a few different ancient ways of, of looking at, um, the houses and the signs. So finding someone that kind of you align with, and then, you know, of course everyone puts their own, their own bias is the wrong word but but their own thing on top of it so finding someone that um you resonate with and she really resonates with me so I love her so Brenda I know what your sun sign is you're an Aquarius oh my god she said that in such a weird like weird way just a lot of Aquaria in my life and that you guys all make sense in your own very unique ways, which is funny because like so Brenda's an Aquarius and my boyfriend's an Aquarius and they're very different but at the same time, they do such similar things. And I know how to navigate certain things with him because I've been friends with Brenda for so long. That's hilarious. Also, did you even tell our listeners you have a boyfriend? Because we've, fr- we've been mentioning it here. And there. I don't think you said that. But anyway, surprise. <laughs> surprise. We'll talk about it on birthday episodes, guys. I feel like I've quietly mentioned it here and there like so quietly it's ridiculous we'll talk about it in um in a couple weeks on birthday episode and we'll talk about it again in um we're doing a dating episode in a little bit so that'll be perfect and then I can give you guys a scoop in my actual opinion because I'll meet him in person yes and he's gonna be and everyone's now wondering why has Brendan never met him in person I guess we'll find out oh oh yeah spoiler but anyway keeps him in a cage (laughs) I keep him locked up and I only let him come out once a month for a meeting for a meet and greet and I make everyone pay tickets pay money Mm -hmm. yep that's how she pays her rent baby it's like the zoo (laughs) that's horrible I hope he doesn't hear this wow um but anyway so so yeah but so it's that's that's interesting um but okay Brenda is sun in Aquarius so Brenda said, so Brenda's is in this fixed air sign, your sun, exp- oh wait, but also what I wanted to say was that the sun, the moon and the rising are like the kind of the big three guiding. Those are like the, the, the heaviest ones, but there was like so much that is way more than just your sun sign, your rising sign and your moon um, that affects how you are, how these things are expressed. So like certain planets that are in relation to your sun are going to, are your, your personality is going to be expressed differently than another Aquarius person who has different planets in aspects. So mm-hmm. it's very general. And then you, as you look at your birth chart and learn more about your birth chart, then you get to see how really specific it gets. Yeah. Um, and that's why not all Aquarius are exactly the same. Right. In this fixed air sign, your sun expresses its na- its nature by con. Oh my god, why can't I read? Your sun expresses its nature by concentrating your energy towards your intellectual pursuits. The sun in Aquarius helps you to develop a personality that gets you known for your ability to understand and innovate systems to work best for all. 
The sun in an air sign will express, express itself through intellect, communication, and the ability to exchange ideas. But Aquarius is traditionally a Saturn ruled sign, which means it's a little remote, cool, boundaries intact. The ringed planet comes with its own mechanism for creating the space it needs. The symbol for Aquarius is the water bearer that pours forth its libation to humanity. Here, the sun has an incredible gift of unwavering vision. Aquarius is a sign that is adept at intellectual discernment, receiving its exuberance until it understands a situation thoroughly. Sorry, reserving its exuberance until it understands a situation thoroughly. Its clarity tends to pierce the muddiness of emotionality so that a problem can be solved. The sun in its detriment in Aquarius, the sign opposite to its home in Leo, which I am. Here the sun has to function in a sign focused on the group, not on its own personal needs. You definitely do that. The sun in Aquarius is usually more comfortable thinking about humanity than having emotional exchanges with other humans, unless something else in its chart runs counter to this, which yours does. For air signs, the head is generally an easier space to reside than the heart. The mind is where Aquarius has the greatest strength, yet it can always become a weakness if the rest of the being is not developed. Just as the sun struggles in relationship-centric sign of Libra, its fall, so too in Aquarius, its detriment, the sun loses strength by not being focused on self-expression. That's not to say that you can't be as powerful or as self-obsessed as the next person. It just means that the focus is on your ability to create structures that foster equality. The sun in Aquarius can signify someone who works differently from others. You are not dependent on the attention that the sun usually seeks out, giving you a possible air of aloofness. Being the smartest person in the room perhaps is easy for you, but it's also how the distortion of your sun will tend to manifest. Your sun in Aquarius can become so logical that you may be tempted to forego the messages of your heart. Learning to feel, emote, and be in relationship with your physical self can do wonders. Once connected to the wisdom that resides there, you are unstoppable. And the affirmations are, my emotions have their own logic. I am allowed to not know what to say, do, or think about a situation. And let's not do the reflection questions. But I want your reflection. Absolutely. I muted myself so I could take some notes because there's no shot I was going to remember all that. Um, But all super, super relevant. Like, I definitely think that it touches on aspects in which, like, I really, really value people. And it's not simply for the sense of belonging. It's just like, it means so much to me on a level that sometimes I can't quite describe. Like, I'm not, I guess, because of my astrology. Um, But sometimes I'm like, why does it matter to me so much? Like, why is it so important for me to feel like I'm making others feel so valued. And sometimes like, what the actual fuck? But um, I think that described it really, really well. And then also the need, a desire to understand things on a deep level, problem solve. um, And on that affirmation about kind of not knowing what to do or say, like I really love control and love to know what to do or say. So I struggle with not knowing. And I think I've gotten better at like, sharing and being okay with when I don't know the answers or asking for help when I need it but it's still definitely like I would prefer to just know um and then focusing on others needs over my own is for certain something that gets in the way um talked a lot about structures and structures are so huge for me in a way where some people don't always fully understand why um or think that it might cause more specifically in relation to your physical body yeah and 
and they're just like so important to me. And I think I've had to navigate a lot of like, there are some things in our lives that not everyone's going to understand. And that doesn't mean they're not willing to listen or try to understand. But I think there are just certain things that like some people just get without you explaining and some people will just never get. Um, and then it's funny because even though, even though I, and I think it talks about this in one of the later ones, but it talked about like being the smartest person in the room. Something that I find interesting about me being such a compassionate person is that I really do, I hate the way this sounds when I say it out loud, but I like to be the best at things. Yeah. I think a lot of people do, but it's, it's not something that with the personality that I feel like I have, which is so like all about everybody. Like, I don't want to be better than someone just to be better than them. I just feel like I work so hard and there's something about work ethic that I also simultaneously value very highly. Yeah. Well, the thing is, so your son is your life force, your identity and your life's purpose. And I think what really resonates to me when I read your your son reading is that um that you Aquarius helps you to develop a personality that gets you known for your ability to understand and innovate systems to work best for all and I think that really is a huge part of your purpose and especially what you're doing with like your balance with Brenda stuff and all of that like really understanding and then innovating and I think that that is such a deep part of you and something you're stepping into so much more and especially the affirmations of you know, that your emotions have their own logic and that you're allowed to not know. Mm. Um, it just all really, it, it all really makes sense to me for you of like the, the direction in that your life might be taking. Yeah. And it's really interesting. And I'm going to touch on this super briefly because we'll get into the whole aspect of it in a different episode, but I'm in the middle of this challenge right now. And with this challenge, it's just showing up consistently for yourself for an X amount of time. And it was interesting because I was talking to my coach about this. And one of the things that she said was because you value other people so much and not what, not in terms of their opinions of what you're doing, but because you value inspiring and motivating people on such a deep level, what would serve you is like leaning into that impact, leaning into what it means to you and using that. Because if you are having doubt in showing up for you, but you know how deeply you want to show up for other people and inspire and motivate them, then lean into that, know that about yourself. And it's just so, it's so funny because I feel like it, you know, it's not, it was true and it's worked. It's worked because of how much that means to me, but we'll dive into that another time. It's just interesting. Absolutely. And it is also interesting. I think I, I, it's very interesting that I'll read mine now that um, you're an Aquarius and I'm a Leo. And I very much think that we balance each other in a lot of ways because Aquarius and Leo are exact opposite on the Zodiac. Um, And I just think that that has been a very balancing, a balancing aspect to our dynamic. And I think it's a lot of ways of why we work so well together. So Sun and Leo, my turn. (laughs) See, this is how I approach mine. And we also have our approach first. In the Northern Hemisphere, where this astrological system originated, the sun is the strongest in late July and August. The sun was therefore given dominion over the sign where it produced the most heat. The sun rules Leo. This is its home, its throne, its place of majesty. The sun in Leo has access to all of its resources, all of its talents, and all of its glory. Having the sun in Leo means that you are meant to burn bright. 
Confidence, eminence, and heart are some of the positive attributes of the sun in this fixed fire sign. Here, your sun shines without shame, gloriously, lavishly, and unabashedly, exclaiming itself as the central giver of heat and light. Your sun in Leo needs to be needs to celebrate and be celebrated. Royal in your style, your sun in Leo needs to rule something. Though not everyone born with the sun traveling through Leo will be driven to lead, at the very least, your central mission in life is to find a way to give of your life force and get applauded for it. A Leo unloved can be a dangerous creature. Humans are attracted to light and Leo takes that knowledge and runs with it. Leo is the archetypal performer, the clown who steals our hearts with warmth and charisma, passion, love, drama, playfulness, nobility, courage, romance, and exhibitionism are all traits of your son in Leo. When this placement is distorted, it, be, it can become egomaniacal, how do you say this word? Egomaniacal, domineering, <laughs> self and self-obsessed. Without the right stage, your son can become a bitter, graceless, heartbroken creature whose playfulness gets overshadowed by, overshadowed by entitlement. Your son in Leo needs to find the most appropriate uses of its charisma and charm so that self-righteousness gets cut off before it can take root. Using your personality as a vehicle for doing the work that is yours to do in the world is where your son in Leo will lead you toward great fulfillment. Affirmations. I'm allowed to love the applause I receive. I honor my energy by finding ways to joyfully express it on the stages that are most appreciative of it. Beautiful. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just nail me. I mean, I'm a fucking actress for God's sakes. Like, and, and so one, obviously in my career, um, makes a lot of sense. A lot of performers are Leos. Also just like the, I, I think that I, I do have a good ability to like be playful and charismatic and I understand how easily someone can, how easily a Leo can, uh, give into ego. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. When I heard that, I feel like those are all of the best, not even the best, but all the things that I think people admire about you or like your, your, the way I love that it said burn bright. Like I love, I love that because I think you have such a lightness about you that although is confident and playful, like you said, is also really warm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something that I didn't realize. And now that we reflect on like everything with like your past relationship and stuff that we won't weigh in on much, but I feel like those, a lot of these like Leo-esque type of things were things that were very much dimmed within that circumstance. And like, I don't, I don't know that you realized it in the moment, but like, I definitely didn't, but now like so tracing realize people, it so much now. Yeah. Yeah. Tracing the pieces back together. It's funny because when you can be in a certain situation for so long I feel like you almost forget like I almost like forgot those pieces of you until not that you weren't that ever of course you were it's part of who you are right, but, it was, but it, was, it was dimmed it was muted yeah like it didn't burn as bright right and like I I see that now now that I do see that you are um and I love like the emphasis that it plays that reflection plays on like romance and passion and stuff because I think you are like you are meant to love someone and you are meant to be loved like you are someone that's like a very good partner and a very good like I don't want to say caretaker because I don't think that you should care take care of someone always but just like a mutual type of caretaker like I think that those are just very in your nature and yeah I, I think it just describes you super well yay how fun 
So fun. Rising. Can you tell us what that means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here, I'll read from her because she knows better than me. Again, this is none of my, I did not write any of this. This is all coming from Chani Nicholas's book, You Were Born for This. I take zero credit for any of this. This is all Chani. Julia's plagiarizing. I'm not, I'm just reading. Um, so yeah, so your ascendant or your rising is your motivation for life and the steer person of your ship. So as where um, your sun is your life's purpose and then your ascendant or your rising is your motivation for life and the steer person of your ship. Gotcha. So what's your rising? I forget. Brenda, look at the pictures I sent you. Your rising is very important. You need to know this. Capricorn. Cap. Okay, so Brenda is a Capricorn rising. Let's see, let's see. Okay. With a Capricorn ascendant, you will be known for your ability to put to use whatever is at your disposal. Your mascot is the mystical sea goat. The, sea, the goat scales incredible heights along impossible impasses, while the fish possesses the dexterity to accomplish any task. You are motivated to perform phenomenal feats and incredible accomplishments over long stretches of time. Capricorn's sharp sense of irony allows you to accept life on life's terms. Unfazed by the latest craze, your Capricorn ascendant can appear as a grumpy, gray-haired, wise one to the world. Ha! Adolescence is, is an uncomfortable condition for Capricorn, which I think just means that you're wise beyond your years, which you are. This Saturn-ruled sign does, match does much better with age. Youth has many an invaluable quality, but time is a teacher that, no, that has no competition. Capricorn is concerned with the kind of rigorous training that demands lifelong learning, and with, its, with this ascendant, you'll be known for your ability to age well. You are motivated to go after the pearls of wisdom that never fade in their luster. Your ability to focus on a goal and attain it is outdone by no one. Capricorn doesn't need comfortable conditions to thrive. You don't need special treatment, though you are never one to turn down an accolade, certificate, or societal recognition of effort, what Brenda is absolutely known for. <laughs> so yeah. By an inner fire, your ascendant wants you to realize your goals with a mixture of deep contemplation and an unwavering drive to get things done. The fishtail, doned by the seagull, points to the emotional depths to which your rising sign will have you travel. Oceans symbolize ancient realms of knowledge. Known for your emotional self-containment, you'll generally need to explore your own vulnerabilities in solitude. Ruling the bones and skin, your Capricorn ascendant thrives when knowing the rules, boundaries, and shapes of a relationship. When distorted, Capricorn is a master, self, master of self-restriction, self-denial, self-rejection, and self-punishment. This is a sign that needs to remember how to let love, pleasure, and kindness in, especially when you feel that you have failed at a task. Your affirmations are, I am here to accomplish great tasks and experience great love and affection. I honor the time it takes to master what is most meaningful to me. I love that. Yeah, it's crazy, honestly, how accurate. It's crazy. All those things are for me. Um, I'm sure you guys remember specifically when we had Marin Altman on the show and she 
we talked about our specific signs so briefly, but when Julia and I were using like an old app, none of these that we're talking about now, I was like, what the hell? Like you guys remember, I was like, this does not feel relevant. And again, although some stuff might not feel relevant in the moment, as Julia said, you could find out later, but all of this, like these types of things make so much sense. I think, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, like accomplishment and doing not just, and, and when it's like recognition and achievement and all that stuff, it's not just like an award for an award. It's like something meaningful, like something that means. Yeah, really means a lot to you. Yeah, like like a meaningful impact, something that like actually made a difference when it comes to for other people. Um, and in terms of like getting better with age, it was interesting that it mentioned stuff like that a lot, but I think I've seen that already. And obviously, listen, we're only half, no, a quarter of a century old, but I've seen a lot of the way I think that relates to me now is I just think I've become a, I, a lot more like willing to ask for what I need and willing to identify what I actually want and willing to see what type of investment doing that stuff now and asking myself those questions now, how that'll impact the rest of my life. So I feel like once I started to gain that momentum of like, holy shit, this can impact my whole life. I like don't want to stop, which comes into the lifelong learning piece, whether it's for stuff I'm passionate about or lifelong learning when it comes to myself and my own personal development. Um, and I definitely just like resonate with my ability to like focus on a goal and get to it. Like, I feel like a big piece of something that I love about myself while still having a very sensitive and caring heart is that I really am relentless when it comes to being in a pursuit of a goal, like whether I fail or stumble or whatever, if it's something that means a lot to me, I won't let that get in the way. Um, and also something else that like really stood out to me. Um, like the unwavering drive to get things done, the emotional depths of things. I think I have such high emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I, in terms of like owning my vulnerabilities, like in solitude, um, I'm definitely very open and vocal with my friends about like, especially now that we have the show, like we're far more vulnerable and like, hey, you know, like, hey, this isn't working. Um, This is what's going on. But I think that the reason why my vulnerabilities are, why when I actually take time for myself, I think because I rarely do, when I actually take the time to do so, I feel like I get so much deeper of an understanding of where certain things come from. And I am for sure a huge rule follower. Like when you even said like that about rules and boundaries, although I struggle to set boundaries of my own, I love to know what the guidelines are for any given thing. Even Even if I'm going to arrive late to something, I love to know a time of when that is. Even if like there's a task, even if I'm fucking managing something, I love to lay out the rules. Like, um, yeah, yeah. so it's really interesting. And then of course, when the very last piece, I know I'm talking a lot about this, but it just really resonates with like um, self-restriction and punishment and all of those things. Um, I think I definitely have attached it, especially when it comes to my relationship to my physical body and to food itself. Like, I think I've seen a lot of like, oh, well, you know, conversations and stories in my head of like, oh, well, you don't need those things. Like um, a lot of justification around what, how like restriction plays a role in, in different ways. Um, I think the punishment piece is huge. Like, I think my form of punishment is like extra negative self-talk and attributing deeper meaning to um, what 
my action or inaction says about me. Yep. Um, especially when it comes to what might feel like a failure. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like that nailed that really like nailed you really well. And I think what I, again, what I, a piece about this that I love is that plan planets, like they, the way we express ourselves in relation to our, you know, these signs and these, these planets in our chart, there's ways that it can be expressed super positively. And there's ways that can, it can be expressed in its detriment when we don't take care of certain things. And um, I think having the knowledge of like where pitfalls might be for ourselves, we're able to see them before they come and like course correct before we get there. Like, again, it's like the map, like having a map to know, okay, these are some challenges that I might face in my life but I, I see them coming. Like I see them down the road so I can make adjustments or I can be prepared. And that's what I love about it. It's not saying you're definitely going to do that. It's saying, you know, you're driving down this road and there like might be a hole over here. And like, maybe you're going to need to like take your car a different way or like drive a certain way when you get to that part of the street. Like, so I think just having the reflection of like the pitfalls that might, might lie ahead doesn't mean fall in them. It means look out for them and like maybe we can be better equipped if and when they come up yeah definitely okay i'm gonna do my rising and then we're gonna end it here because we've been talking for way too long um but if you guys want us to do more astrology and do our moons and like aspects and stuff like let us know but i'll do my ascending quick which is taurus (laughs) which makes so much sense um taurus rising If your ascendant is in the fixed earth sign of Taurus, you'll want to be known for your ability to stabilize available resources in order to make something beautiful and long lasting out of them. Your Taurus ascendant knows how to bring beauty into form. Ruled by Venus, planet of love, relationship, connection, pleasure, and people pleasing, Taurus knows how to build a love nest that lasts. Ruling the neck, throat, and shoulders, your Taurus ascendant may want these areas especially adorned with kisses, intoxicating elixirs, or bedazzling jewels. Taurus's fixed nature makes you, makes you known for your stubbornness, but also your ability to ground and manifest the potential that passes others by. Your Taurus ascendant will remind you and others how to enjoy the simple pleasures of life, the sway of a tree branch, the sway of a hip, the sway of a sweetheart. Your Taurus ascendant naturally gathers others around you as you provide generous amounts of grounding nourishment. Taurus is generative, and the more you feel aligned with your own generativity, the more at home you are. Taurus is here to produce what it can from the land that it that is its life, cultivating good conditions for future growth over many seasons. When distorted, your ascendant can trick you into thinking it is safer to try and control, possess, or force life in a certain direction. Taurus is slow to anger, but once you've been pushed to your brink, your raging bull is hard to rein in. Affirmations. I'm motivated to develop what feels generative, abundant, and stable. My persistence carries me to each and every finish line meant for me. And like, wow, this makes so much sense to me. I'm super stubborn um, when it comes to the things that I want. Like, again, that is tied to my career of like wanting this kind of crazy career and like not letting anything get in the way of that. I think that I've learned a lot that um, my stubbornness is my gift and also my downfall in which I won't give up on things because I feel like I committed to them. So I hold on really tight when sometimes some things are meant to be let go of. Um, so it's both my gift and, and, and a 
possible pitfall. Um, I think I really do have a have a knack for making things beautiful and for wanting to build things that sustain. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I definitely agree. And I feel like it said something about like the simple pleasures or joys or something like that. And I think you're you do a very good job of that even in like the day-to-day or in people in our lives, like with our friends, whatever it is, I think you do a very good job of reminding everyone collectively of like the simple joys and finding beauty in moments that some might see as simple, but you know. Yeah, definitely. Well, that was fun. I'm dancing. You guys like learning about your astrology, Brenda. I do. Honestly, I think it's, it's like crazy to me how on point it is. And just like how it makes me think about aspects of myself differently. Yeah. I love, that's what I love about it. Cause like I, again, I came to this in this year, which was very, um, was very big change year for me and a lot of self-development. And I, I think that I might, it has allowed, it has made me question things more. It has made me at least ask the question, like, especially with the Taurus, um, rising, um, stubborn thing. I'm a Leo sun and a Taurus rising. I'm fucking stubborn. Um, and to see how that like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like I, I go after what I want. Like I'm pursuing this career that I've always known I wanted. And I am so unwavered by roadblocks or anything in the way, but then also how it's like, oh, like how can that, how might that show up negatively in your life? And like, how can you, you know, learn to be prepared for that or aware of it? And just asking, it just has, it just has made me ask more questions about myself. Um, which is why I like about it. And again, why it's, it's not a future telling, it's not telling you any future. It's not saying you're going to succeed or fail or whatever. It's just like a resource, a little clock to like ask, ask some questions. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like it's a lot of people, hopefully who maybe some people who are listening, know us on a deep level. And obviously there are people that don't know us on a deep level, but whether you guys have learned these aspects of us through the show or through listening to this today and how it relates to us, um, it's definitely a deeper dive holistically on our personalities, on our downfalls, on just like different things that make us who we are. We'll make a shine. Make a shiny brag. Yeah, and I I think I want to echo just what Brenda said earlier. I love it. Like whatever it is for you, if you have something that feels like you're called to it or that feels like it is in some way a guidance, like to each their own and um, whatever it is for you, if, if you're, and if you're looking for something like maybe check out astrology, I don't know. But again, I am no astrologer. I have just started learning about this a couple months ago. Everything that I said today was either read from Shani Nicholas's book, uh, You Were Born for This, which like such a good title, or I was from my own inference of what I've learned based on no fact or like literal study. It's just my own personal study and my regurgitation. So I don't want anyone to think that like Julia said, Leo's off to be like this. No, I don't fucking know. This is, just, we're on our own journey here. 
We sure are. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you always for every ounce of love and support that you give us. And it would mean the world to us if you let us know what you thought of this episode. If you want to hear more on astrology, whatever other topics it is that you're interested in hearing us talk about, not quite learn about because we're not experts, but just hearing us chat about. Um, We love to hear from you. So please DM us your questions, DM us any advice you might be looking for. We have a lot of fun solo episodes coming up um, and a lot of really, really awesome guests too. So we're happy to chat about it all. We love you. And remember, you are a 10 out of 10, baby. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring 20s Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring 20s Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With, with love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.